0: In search of deeper faith, grateful for brighter hope, and held by steadfast love, amen. Amen. When I say leader, what images flash across your mind? For me, the word leader conjures up a crowded room of people. Among them are sojourner truth former slave and fierce crusader for abolition and for women's rights, whose famous Ain't I a Woman speech began, Well, children, where there's so much racket, there must be something out of kilter. Abraham Lincoln, who bore in his heart the tragedies of civil war and led the nation to peace with gritty grace, Deep wisdom and savvy political skills? And wouldn't it astonish us and hearten us if we heard a politician say something like, with malice toward none? Martin Luther King Jr., whose dream for America, a dream for which he gave his life blood, hasn't yet been fulfilled. And how important to say, I have a dream, I have a noble dream, before saying, I have an agenda. Coach Vince Lombardi, who reminded us that it's not whether you get knocked down, it's whether you get up again. And he warned us that fatigue makes cowards of us all. Dorothy Day, founder of the Catholic Worker Movement, I just delight in her having said, Don't call me a saint. I don't want to be dismissed so easily. (laughs) Robert Shaw, legendary choral and symphonic conductor, and Wynton Marsalis, amazing jazz musician and band leader, who together remind me that harmony comes from differences well used. That music, like life, depends on rests and pauses. And that rhythm, timing, sometimes makes all the difference. I've got leaders and leadership on my mind this morning in part because of our reading from Mark's Gospel. And in part because I think we face an urgent cultural crisis. As you know, the word crisis was originally a medical term. In the course of an illness, the crisis was the turning point from which a patient either began to regain health or to move more surely toward death. Our crisis is in the body politic. Will the fever of fear Ever break? The virus of violence lose strength? The blockage in the vessels of love be repaired? And the paralysis of freedom ever end? To turn toward health, to turn toward shalom, will require. Leadership different from the kind that brought us to this point. Jesus' friends often misunderstood him. Sometimes they misunderstood him because they couldn't, and sometimes because they wouldn't take in the difficult things he said to them. Their failures to hear him were especially glaring when Jesus told them. As he often did, that he was on his way to Jerusalem to die. Jesus had decided that it was time for him to confront the establishments of government and religion, to raise his voice against Roman oppression and against the cravenness of some religious leaders who, in exchange for uneasy peace, and cozy kickbacks provided pious-sounding legitimacy for those who had power over them. Jesus knew that His dreams of peace, justice, and abundance threatened their status quo of violence, fear, and scarcity. So in Jerusalem, He would threaten the empire And as empires always do, it would strike back. His friends, though, continued to tell themselves a story they liked better. They believed Jesus was their deliverer, and deliverers don't go down to defeat. He was their Savior, and saviors don't suffer. He was their Messiah, and messiahs don't get executed. They told themselves that in Jerusalem, Jesus would lead a revolt against the oppressors and then a grateful, liberated nation would make Him its king. In the story, they told themselves the one they preferred. They would share His triumph, bask in His glory, and receive positions of privilege. So on the road to Jerusalem, while Jesus spoke clearly and firmly about his impending death, they dreamed about lives of power. Two brothers, two former fisher folk, James and John, asked Jesus for honored places in the coming kingdom of which they dreamed. Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one on your left, in your glory. Make us Secretary of State and Secretary of the Treasury. When the others heard their request, they were furious. Because they were all sure that they were the ones who deserved such plum appointments, not these nakedly ambitious brothers. Now I think we can understand why all of them were seduced by the allure of power. When you have power, people scurry into action when you give an order. They curry your favor. They cater to your ego. And it's intoxicating to be on the inside track. To have information that others don't have. And to be in the room where significant decisions are made. And like many of us, the disciples thought that greatness was a matter of what rung you happened to occupy on a ladder of status. In their culture, men mattered more than women. Male children were more prized than female children. Children were worth more than slaves. Jews ranked above Samaritans. The healthy had more value than the sick. They perceived life hierarchically, top to bottom, first to last, higher to lower. And so do we. There was a little boy that was asked his age, and he replied, I'm just four years old, but there are plenty of them who are only three. The military is divided into commissioned and non-commissioned. And there are strict gradations of rank and privilege in each of those divisions. University departments differentiate full associate, assistant, adjunct, and visiting professors. Corporations distinguish between chair of the board, chief executive officer, chief operating officer, C-level officers of other kinds, senior vice presidents, vice presidents, junior vice presidents, multiple layers of management and labor, football teams, have head coaches, offensive and defensive coordinators, assistant coaches, trainers, assistant trainers. It's no wonder That so many of us think that work, life, is about racing up some org chart. Either one that exists or one that we make up in our minds. Hierarchical systems generate feelings of tension, jealousy, superiority, Insecurity, inferiority. It's not inevitable. It's not inevitable, but it's predictable that we come to believe the illusion that where a person stands in an organization says something significant about his or her worth as a person. Jesus subverted these hierarchies. He welcomed and blessed children. Shared table fellowship with sinners, treated women as equals, reached out to the excluded and embraced the untouchables. His mercy and His compassion unmasked smug self-righteousness. And His clever parables deflated the egos of the proud. He had no patience with command and control kinds of authority. No patience with unvarnished power that had no good purpose other than to dominate. And no patience with untamed ambition. So when his friends jockeyed with each other for positions of privilege, Jesus challenged them. You know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers lord it over them. And their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. Whoever wishes to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. Jesus knew that leadership is a form of servanthood. With Jesus, you climb to greatness downward and on your knees. We learn from Jesus about right uses of power. It can be destructive or creative. It can dominate or it can liberate. And I think power is safe really in the hands of those who are nervous about having it. It's safe only in the hands of a person who views it as a stewardship. As a way to serve. Jesus calls for leadership which engages in power sharing, not power wielding. The purpose of which is to empower, not overpower. And real leaders practice unselfish generosity and remarkable self-forgetfulness. They know they're not the center of the universe. They know they're not the hinge of history. And they don't decide what to do on the basis of narrow self-interest. Choreographer Twyla Tharp said, to be a great choreographer you have to invest everything you have in your dancers you have to be so devoted to them and to the finished creation that your dancers become your heroes without that generosity you will always hold something back leaders like jesus real leaders don't hold themselves back from the vulnerabilities and risks of investing themselves genuinely in the lives of other people. As he said, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life. Jesus poured out his life for the rule and reign of God. He lived for and toward the day when the world as it is would become the world as God means it to be. And Jesus poured out His life for you and me. Jesus still lives for and toward the day when we will become Who God means us to be. In his book on suffering, Arthur McGill said Force is no attribute of God. God's divinity does not consist in the ability to push things around, to make and to break and to impose. God invites. God persuades. God doesn't use us for the sake of self-aggrandizement. God serves us for the sake of our wholeness. And God doesn't take. In fact, in and through Jesus, God gives love and grace without limit, without condition, without ending. Secure in that love and sure of that grace. We are free to give ourselves away. In On Thy Wondrous Works Will I Meditate. Mary Oliver wrote, I know a man of such mildness and kindness. It is trying to change my life. I know a man of such mildness and kindness. It is trying to change my life. He does not preach, teach, but simply is. It is astonishing. For He is Christ's ambassador truly by rule and act, but more, He is kind with the sword of kindness that shines out but is resolute, not fooled. He has eaten the dark hours. He has eaten the dark hours. And could also, I think, soldier for God, riding out under the storm clouds against the world's pride and unkindness with both unassailable sweetness and tempering word. We need people. We need leaders of such shining kindness, of resolute wisdom, people who are not easily fooled. And we need people who know the darkness and can weather the storm. They are people who have let Jesus love them and show them how to love. They are people who have let Jesus serve them and taught them how to serve. They are people who let Jesus lead them and so make it possible for them to lead others. Thanks be to God.